Praise God. Yeah. God's a life-changing God. Amen. The devil is a liar. Oh, if we could just if we just get that in our hearts. But the thing is, is uh, he gets us to produce the lie and then gets us to believe the lie when it's his lie. And so the devil's greatest tactic is to get us to self-destruct by our own hand. But all we have to do is get a revelation and understanding of what God's done for us, who we are, and all of a sudden he's in trouble. Amen. Praise God. He's in trouble. I, I don't have it written down uh, here, I don't think. Um, there's a scripture in Philippians, and I heard uh, uh, and they, Bill Johnson say this, that when we, don't, when we are not terrified by the adversary, then it causes the adversary to understand that he's defeated. I didn't say it quite right, but in other words, when the tactics of the enemy don't work on you and you don't believe the lie, he understands that he is done for. Amen. It is over with because that's all the power he has. Amen. All the power he has. Lies is the only, deception is the only power that he has. Amen. I understand. I've, I've, I've uh, wrestled with demons and I've cast them out and I've had them jump me and I've been hit by them and I've been in the dirt fighting with them and all kinds of stuff. And yet they don't have any power over somebody that knows that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and they always have to obey. They always have to do what, because deception is the only lie that they have. Amen. The deception of the devil is to get you to believe that he's an insurmountable obstacle when he's nothing but a twig that you can step over because you're a child of God. Amen. Anyway, I praise God. We're going to, we, I was talking last week on, on the fruits of the Spirit, true freedom. What is, what is true freedom? True freedom is to be able to operate in the fruits or the evidences of the Spirit. And the reason I say that is because the gifts of the Spirit is the absence of the agitation, the absence of turmoil, the absence of hate, the absence. We, we literally were created to live in the fruits of the Spirit. It they, they're not the add-on, like I said last week. The fruits of the Spirit, we've always looked at them, approached them, and I couldn't get past this thing. I just kept, I kept wrestling with it because it just wasn't, something wasn't right in my perception. And I finally, the revelation finally come to me that the fruits of the Spirit isn't something that is added to our lives. The fruits of the Spirit is our origin. It's where we came from. The works of the flesh are the intruders that intruded the pure and made it impure. The only way that we can, the only way we can understand this is sin 
invaded something that God created in a pure form and sin came in and contaminated it. But that doesn't mean that we are sin. It means that we are a vessel contaminated by sin. But God created us to be his children, to be in relationship with him. And so what the freedom is when God takes his amazing filter and starts cleaning out the impurities out of our life where we're able to live and exist in our origin. The, reason, the only way that you can have joy is when you know, are no longer angry. When you take anger away, when you take malice away, when you take sorrow away, you immediately go back to your default mode, which is joy. John chapter 15, he's, God said that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Amen. The reason that you don't have peace today, if you don't have peace, is because agitation and turmoil has invaded your space. You remove the agitation and turmoil and you immediately go back to your default setting, which is peace. As a child of God, if you're not born again, you can't do that. And we're going to talk about that today in Second uh, Corinthians chapter five and verse seventeen. I've been in, I've been I've been going in and out of this all week, and I've been trying to understand and looking at it from every direction, and trying to wrap my mind around it, and trying to trying to process this. And and it's still bigger than I can get my mind around. I still can't fully con- uh, just understand what. Paul is actually telling us here, but we're going to understand it. God's going to help us to understand it because it's too good to be true. That's the way we look at it. It's just too good to be true. It really can't be that good. It really can't be that easy. There's got to be something here. And the reason is because we look at it from a contaminated state trying trying to understand the pure and the holy. In in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to have to read this because I'm wanting to just blast off. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is. Everybody say, he is. A new creation. Old things have passed away. Build all things have become new. Next verse says, now all things are of God. Amen. All things are of God. Old things have passed away because all things have become new. And the all things that have become new are of God. Praise God. There is a, there, I thought somebody was playing some music. I didn't know what it was. There is a, sorry, (laughs) look, there's a squirrel. (laughs) Little ADD there going on. Little ACDC mixed with it. I don't know. Just, 
<laughs> when, when, we, when we understand what God has done for us, it is beyond our comprehension. And I thought I had a good grasp on this until this week, and, and, and this week the Holy Spirit just totally messed me up. And I've been struggling trying to get my feet back on the ground and, and understand really what this is all about because it's, you, when we read it, we think, okay, yeah, I understand that. No, we do not understand this. He said, therefore, if anyone, everybody say anyone. anyone. Now, now say, I'm an, I'm an anyone. If anyone is in Christ, Christ is the anointed one. Amen. Jesus is just the human form without the latter part of his name, which is Christ. Christ is the anointing. Christ is the spirit. Christ is the, the immortal, the eternal, the supernatural. So it's Jesus Christ. Because there was a lot of people named Jesus in the day that Jesus walked this earth. There was a lot of people named Jesus. Amen. They say it all different kind of ways. Azu, Jesus. All over the world, I've heard the name Jesus pronounced in so many different ways. Isa, every, every way that you can imagine, it's pronounced. And, but there's one thing that qualifies it, that qualifies who we're talking about, and that's where when we say, it's Jesus, Yeshua, Christ, the anointed one. If anyone is in Yeshua, if anyone is in the anointed one, the Christ, the one that God ordained, if anyone is in the ordaining power of God, he is. Not might be, not trying to be. We've been trying to be Christians so long that we, we, we haven't even understood exactly what this thing's all about. He is a new creation. Now, this word creation is what really got me. Because it's not saying that you just, you've received something new. When, when I looked at this, when I began to re realize, the Greek, the Greek for this means that it is a creative act of God. He is a new creative act of God. In other words, when Jesus died on the cross was buried, rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, sit down at the right hand of the Father. The blood was accepted as the perfect sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit came back down to earth, and, and 120 people all of a sudden became a new species. Now you, now you understand why I got all messed up this week. It wasn't that they just received something that made them feel powerful or made them feel better or gave them some gifts. They became a new act, creative act of God. In other words, this had never existed before. See, Jesus was God and man. His father was God Almighty. And so he was created the God-man. But when, when we were born of the flesh, we are completely born of the flesh. And then on the day of Pentecost, when, when spirit and flesh met, see, in the Garden of Eden, God 
created a body out of the dust of the earth. It was a pure body, never been defiled by anything. And he put his spirit in that body and he became a living, speaking being. That was a new creation. But on the day of Pentecost, that which had been contaminated, that which had been lost, that which had lived and died and, and, and had connection with God and then lost connection became a, a, a defiled being all of a sudden received something pure and holy and was recreated into a new species that had never existed before. And that's why we have such a hard time figuring out this thing called Christian. I, I need to act like a Christian. Hey, if you're having a hard time acting like a Christian, you need to go back to the creative act of God and get some creation. Come on, somebody. See, we are, we, we are Christians because we believe in this. We are Christians because we don't believe in this. That's how we describe being a Christian, which is actually just nothing more than works. True Christianity is when we come encounter with the Christ and the Christ comes into us and works a creative act and creates something that has not existed before. That is you now connected to God and transformed and changed. I beseech you that Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, what does that mean, that we come and present our bodies a, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable? Does that mean we come and, and, and we, we, we look and see what the rules are and we adorn ourselves according to the rules? And we, No, it means that you present yourself a vessel ready to be possessed. That word really makes us choke, don't it? Possessed. It means that you sacrifice, you, you make yourself an available sacrifice that God can wholly inhabit. Oh, my goodness. Come on. If you get this like I've been getting this week, it's going to mess you up. Because I realized this week how far I live underneath the covenant of what I've been given and the blessing of what I've been given. I begin to realize this week that, that I try to measure up more than I receive. And I realize that I really can't measure up to anything. That's where all this unworthiness comes from. That's where all this feeling of, of, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, all this kind of stuff. It's because we don't understand that the power of Christ has come to recreate us, not to give us a list of rules to measure up to. Because when you, when, when, when you become Christ, when Christ is in you, when his power begins to work in you, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit... To really understand that is, is the evidence produced by the Spirit in you. 
It's not you trying to love somebody. It's the pure, holy love of God inhabiting you and coming out through you. And it's not something you're producing. It's something that's literally flowing through you. Amen. Oh, I got to love everybody. No, you got to receive the love of God for everybody. Because you can't love everybody. You, you cannot be at peace like you need to be at peace because you live in a world full of turmoil. And that turmoil just sneaks its way into your life and, and agitates you and controls you. But when you yield yourself to the peace of God, the peace of God overpowers everything else. And you, you sit in, a new, in the creation of God that's in you instead of the works of the flesh, which are contamination. We, we don't understand that, that being born again is not just an adherence to a new religion. Being born again is not just saying, Lord, you know, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Jesus be Lord of my life. And then trying to, you know, trying to be a part of the, of the church. That's, that's why we have so much trouble in church, because we've got a whole lot of people that's trying to be a part of the church, but, but we're, we're not receiving what is supposed to make us the church. Amen. We can't do this humanly. It's, it's humanly impossible for us to produce what God's talking about, what Paul is talking about here. We cannot produce this. We can't come up with it. But you've got to get in the presence of God and let the power of God touch you and transform you and change you into a new creative act of God where God literally recreates you in His image and He, he gives you the power to be. See what I'm talking about? This is so far beyond our ability to comprehend that we just, we're sitting there, most of us are sitting there thinking, well, that's a nice fairy tale. That's good. Yeah, boy, I wish that was true. <laughs> but you wasn't with me last week when I got mad. See, we always go back to that. We always go back to the fact that, hey, well, you don't understand how, how weak I am. There we are again, measuring, oh, I'm way down here, I'm just not measuring up. What you need to stop and say, God, I can't do this, but I need your power to infiltrate me. I need your power to literally saturate me. I need to be filled with the Spirit of God to the point that you literally manifest yourself in me. Amen. Because we can't do this. You can't do it. I can't do it. Amen. It's impossible. The creative act of God, the spiritual creation of God. I used the word possess a while ago. That just, that just really grabs us because we, anytime we hear, hear the word possess, we think of demons. Now, let me turn that around. Demons are a spirit, right? So if demons are able to possess somebody, a spirit, a, a demon spirit is able to possess somebody, how do we know that they're possessed? Not everybody that irritates you is possessed. How do we know that, that, that they're possessed by demon spirits? How, because there's manifestations. There's evidence. Amen. 
There's evidence. They, they do stuff that is not natural. They behave in ways that, that literally um, mirror who is in them. The evil, the, the hate, the discontent, the, the confusion. There's, you know, anytime you're around people that, that have demonic powers in them, there's always confusion. And, and you have a hard time get, wrapping your mind around. And, and they manipulate and they control and they, they manifest and they, 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 they intimidate and all this kind of stuff. And, and when they don't get their way, when the demon's not getting his way, that's when, that's when he manifests. And, and when they come in contact with the presence of God, they manifest. A lot of us get scared when demons start manifesting. That is not the time to get scared. That's the time to say, you just met somebody you don't like. <laughs> you just met the one that just that has destroyed you, and, and you're, you're trying to get away from them. Amen. Praise God. That, that's, when, that's when you realize what's happening. Praise God. I'll never forget over Rwanda one year. Sister Betty just walked back and was going to shake some hands of some women. And this, this one woman just started, her eyes went wild and she started screaming and started running through these wood uh, pews they had, knocking them over. They, they wasn't pews, they were just uh, pieces of wood that was on, and, and started running through those and ran right into the wall of the church. I mean, just bam, just, just screaming, these blood curdling screams. And it's just because Sister Betty walked by her. What was that? That was a devil, wasn't it? How do you know it was a devil? By what you saw, the manifestation. The spirit had power over the natural and over the physical. What is God? He is spirit. Did we not receive the Holy Spirit? So if you can be possessed by a demon that can control you, that can change you, literally change your countenance, change the way you look. I've seen, I've, I've seen people literally transform in front of my eyes. I mean, their face change, their, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that's, you know, Hollywood blows it all out of proportion. But for a child of God, it is nothing. Amen. That's when you stand your ground in the blood of Jesus and you know that the power of God is greater than the power of the devil. And that's when you start reminding him of his doom and that he has just met his future. Amen. Devils do not like to meet their future. When you're not afraid of them, they have met their future. Amen. Praise God. I'm not saying it's some light thing to play with, but I got to tell you something. As children of God, we've got to learn who we are and where our power comes from and realize that we're, we are not vulnerable to these things. Amen. Not vulnerable. The works of the flesh is what opens the door for, the, for these things to operate in our lives. That's why we've got we've to start letting the Holy Spirit possess us. Amen. So how, how do we know that how do we know that we are a temple wholly filled with God? Not because we tell everybody that I'm a good Christian. When I meet people and the first thing they say is, yeah, I'm a good Christian too, I just back up because that just turns me wrong side out. If you have to announce it first thing, then I am suspicious of you. Amen. <laughs> yeah. It always tickles me when I run into people and they, they don't 
serve God. They don't go to church or anything, and they announce me as a pastor. They immediately try to come up with something spiritual to say. You know, it's like, you know, get over it. I know what you are. You know, let's let's not play this game. You know? You know what I'm talking about? How do we know? How do we know? How do we know that somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit? Because the Spirit overpowers the natural and manifests the supernatural and the holy invades the, the unholy and, cre- and, and produces something that is holy. Oh, we're not getting this. I'm going to go over here. That side, that side cut me off. The holy invades that which is unholy, and suddenly holiness comes out of us not because we have done something, but because we have become something. Amen. I'm going to go back over here. You guys are warming back up, okay? Okay. We, we, cannot, we cannot produce what we are not. But we can produce what we are. Amen. Hallelujah. When you're around somebody that's always angry, what is it that we call them? Angry. They are angry. When people are jealous all the time and envious, what do we call them? We call them jealous and envious. They, they, they're producing what they are. But when, but when love comes out of you, when peace surrounds you, when, when patience comes out of you, then all of a sudden you start being recognized for something totally different. I'm not a calm person. I mean, literally, I, I might look calm on the outside, on the inside. I'm just, I'm, you know, my brain's going 150 mile an hour and I got all kinds of stuff happening. But, uh, you know, and, and I had a secretary at our job the other day tell me, said, she said, I just love it when you come in. You just make me feel so at peace. I, I turned around and see if Sister Betty was standing there. Like, <laughs> Who are you talking to? Because she's the one that makes you feel at peace, you know. But that's what she said. What was that? That's what she experienced. That's what she was receiving. It wasn't me. It was Holy Spirit was, was emanating something that she was receiving and being impacted by and picking up on. I was as surprised as anybody. It's like... Really? She said, yeah. She said, you just make me feel so confident. I said, good. Praise God. Yeah. It's like, high five, Holy Ghost. Amen. When we understand that the Spirit of God is what, the Holy Spirit is what produces the things of God, and, and we've got to get back to the place of having spiritual encounters with God to the point that he starts producing himself in us. Amen. You can't, you can't watch God from a distance and, and try to emulate God. It ain't going to work. 
Amen. Because you'll be trying to emulate something that you don't have the power to produce. But when you, when, when it comes from watching God and, and trying to be like God and, and, and all of a sudden God comes in you and he starts manifesting in you, you're not trying to emulate anymore. Now you're just simply emanating. Those are 39 cent words that Holy, Holy Spirit knows. Amen. When, when Brother Randy, good to see him. Amen. Praise God. Got to get out of the house and go down the lake the other day. That just tickled me. When he went to Haiti, he's just a young guy. Just had open heart surgery. Just had a brand. I mean, he was young. And a valve malfunctioned in his heart. He had to have a, a mechanical valve put in his heart. And while he was, there, while he was in that surgery... God spoke to him, and, and when he recovered, he went to Haiti. Most people wouldn't do that. He had to keep his blood thin to a certain point because of that valve working. He couldn't have blood clots or anything. And so when he went to Haiti, he went to, what was it, some kind of clinic. supposed to be a clinic. The word clinic doesn't even apply to things like that. And this person that was supposed to be a nurse... He, he told her, he said, I need, to have, I need to see if my blood's thin enough. She walks over to him with a razor blade and cuts the lobe of his ear and counts how many drops of blood falls on his shoulder and tells him whether his blood's thin enough or not. Oh, you, got, you medical guys are freaking out now, aren't you? Yeah, just cut his, cut his ear and, and watch the blood drop, you know. If, 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 it, if it sealed off too fast, then his blood was too thick. But when he went, he, he had this hunger to learn the Creole language, which is very difficult to learn. Matter of fact, there's missionaries that have been there 20 years and still couldn't preach or interpret in Creole. They still had to have an interpreter. And Brother Randy became hungry, and he was trying, and he became frustrated because it was hard. And he's got, a, he's got a high IQ. It's at least 98. I mean, 198. But he's a very intelligent person. But he was struggling with trying to learn this Creole language. And so at night, he would, he would lay on his face and pray and cry out to God for him to give him this language. And he would study, trying to learn the Creole language. And he would pray and ask God. That's right, buddy. And he would pray and seek God. And something happened. All of a sudden, the, the understanding began to come into Randy's brain, in, into his spirit. And in a short time, he was preaching and interpreting in such clear Haitian or Creole language, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about just being able to say a few words. I'm talking about being eloquent in it. I'm talking about being able to communicate it. It was so evident that the Haitian people started come to him and saying, "You're Haitian. You're not American. You're Haitian," because he was so fluent in Creole. Amen. People that have been there for years longer have never yet 
got to the point that they can preach and interpret in Creole, and they've been there all their lives. Very difficult language. It's something like four different languages mixed together or something. Randy can tell you what it is. And all of a sudden, there was an impartation that took place, a manifestation. There was a spiritual recreation. There was a creative act of God that took place and caused him to be able to speak a language that he couldn't know. And the next thing you know, he is preaching in fluent Creole. And when I would go over there to preach, he would interpret for me. And there's been times that he was interpreting for me that I wondered just exactly what he was saying, but, but he was nice to me. That couldn't have happened without a creative act of the Spirit of God. And because of that creative act of the Spirit of God, people begin to recognize him for what had happened. Amen. Are you, are you grabbing hold of what I'm saying? All of a sudden, the Haitian people begin to say, you're Haitian, you're Haitian, you're Haitian. Because he, he was so fluent. He was able to speak. He was able to communicate. And, and, and in a, a, you know, just a, a great way, he became, he became a part of the culture of the Haitian people because he learned the language so clearly and it was so, uh, uh, he could articulate so well. And so people began to recognize him for what had been produced in him. Amen. Thanks for coming, Brother Randy. I needed an illustration. When, when we have, when something transpires inside of us that is a creative act of God, all of a sudden that begins to become evident and produced through us to the point that other people start recognizing that there's something here greater than this person. Amen. Our, I, I hope I'm not losing you here. Amen. In a... In John, the book of John chapter 15, it says, he says, I, 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 am, uh, I am the vine. My father's the husband. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. I believe that's verse 8. But he talks about the abiding, being grafted in. The, another place in the Bible, I believe it's in, in 1 Corinthians, it says that we, we are like a wild olive branch that's been grafted in. When something is grafted in, then it is, it is known as the, as the uh, um, what is it? I wrote it down here somewhere, rootstock. It's, it's known as the rootstock. The, the part that has roots into the ground is known as the rootstock. And then they take a piece from another tree and they graft it in to that rootstock and, and that uh, piece that is grafted in starts receiving and starts living by what it's been grafted into. It doesn't have its own life. It, ha- it starts living because of what it's connected to. Now, the only way that a good graft can take place is if it's securely fastened into the part. There's a part in each one. There's a vein. There's a, there's a, a part of each of the branch and the rootstock where the life flows through. 
And it has to be grafted in and make sure you graft both parts, the giver and the receiver, together in a proper way. And then it has to have pressure put on it. (laughs) It has to have perfect alignment. It has to be aligned perfectly and it has to be put under pressure and pushed into that, that uh, uh, rootstock. And then you, you bind it up, you wrap it up real tight so that it holds together. And then there's this amazing thing that begins to happen. Material that has never existed before starts forming in the, in the place where it's been grafted. In other words, part of the makeup of the rootstock and part of the composite makeup of the branch starts mixing together and bonding together, and that type of bonding, that type has never existed before until now. There's a new growth that takes place that starts connecting the two together, and that that branch starts receiving strength and nutrition and growth because it's connected to what's coming from the rootstock and it becomes part of the rootstock. Amen. That's good. Because if it doesn't happen... If that new growth does not take place, that's where John chapter 15 says that if you don't produce fruit, any branch in me that does not produce fruit will be taken away and burned. What's he talking about? He's talking about branches that are grafted in that never really connects to the rootstock and it, and, it, and it dies because even though it's connected to it, it's not receiving from it. The church in America today is connected to God, but we are not receiving from God like we need to receive. Because if we was receiving, if, if I was, if you was, if we were really receiving from God the way we need to, there would be manifestations of creative power in our lives that would be recreating what God is. Amen. <laughs> I, I feel kind of like that time I got my my arm hung up inside of a inside of a electric box and 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 was trying to pull a wire through and I accidentally got my elbow in contact with a with 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 240 volts and and there's this thing called 60 hertz it's the rhythm that the electricity flows in and it, it's called 60 hertz I believe they named it hertz because it hurts. I got I got hooked up to that accidentally. The part that I got a, the part that my elbow touched was not supposed to be hot, and and there was a malfunction inside, and and it made that hot, and it, it wasn't supposed to be hot, and and so as I was pulling, my arm come in contact with with the power. This part of my hand immediately my muscles contracted. This part of my hand pushed against the the inside of this big huge meter box, and I was hung up there, and I had power. I feel the power. 
I had power flowing through my body at 60 hertz. It is amazing. Don't try it, but it is amazing because I was standing there with my arm hung up inside this thing with, with all this voltage running through my body at 60 hertz and my feet was doing this. I was standing there and my feet, my feet was, was doing like that on the ground. I mean, you know, like Thumper in that cartoon. It just, my, I was just standing there 60 hertz. My body was cycling with what I had gotten connected to. Oh, come on, somebody. That's good preaching. When I got connected to it, it started manifesting in me, and I, did not, I could not manifest anything but what it was. Come on, somebody. I mean, when, when God gets a hold of you, you start manifesting what is going on. Who he is starts coming out of you. <laughs> That's what I feel like today. I feel like my feet's doing like this. Yeah. Woo! It was it was it was fun, exciting, and intense, but I had to get away from it. I find I finally set my feet as firm as I could as I could push them down because my muscles were all contracting at 60 hertz. I finally set my feet as hard as I could and shoved backwards and got my arm out of there. I couldn't use my arm for about a week. My the muscles in my arm had contracted so hard that I couldn't hardly move my fingers and it was sore and hurting and everything. Why? Because I come in contact with something that in order to really be able to live in, there, had to be a, there would have to be a creative act take part inside of me because I can't live in that atmosphere. I can't live hooked up to something like that because I'm not created for it. You know? My heart was not created for 60 hertz. <laughs> it was. But in order to be able to live in that, in order to be able to walk in that power, there would have to be a creative act take place in my physical body to make me be able to walk in that. That's called being born again. When you are born again, there is a transformation that takes place on the inside of you, and all of a sudden you become reconfigured where you can operate in under 60 hertz. And instead of hurting, woo, I feel good. Amen. Now it doesn't hurt me. See, to walk into the presence of God, an, a, a carnal human being is death. But to walk in the presence of God, a recreated being, is life. And instead of it hurting you now, it, it, it causes you to feel energized. It causes power to flow through you. And you're able to get a hold of that. Amen. You ever, you ever, you ever done that thing? Hopefully you hadn't because it's dangerous. Where you get a hold of electricity and you grab somebody else and they feel what you're feeling stupidest thing anybody can do because it's passing right through your heart and and it only it a nine volt battery can stop your heart so when you're we got 120 volts passing through your heart it's not a real good thing to do you know if you live through that you know it's a miracle i've lived through it so many times it hurts 
But when, when you get a hold of power and you touch somebody else, all of a sudden they start experiencing what's going through you. And that's what God is trying to get across to us today. He did not come and just and to make us better Christians. He came for, so we can be born again. A creative act take place inside of us, and we are not experiencing this today. I'm just going to be honest with you. We're not experiencing this. We need, we need born-again experiences again. I mean, where God gets a hold of people and won't turn them loose until they've been turned wrong side out, upside down, and every other way. And when they come out on the other side, there's a new creature. There's a new species. Amen. There's a new species. There, there's, there, there's got to be a change take place. Amen. Austin was sharing with us, and he might share some of it next week, but he was sharing with us the, the, the pain and the withdrawals he went through at first down in, in, in uh, the home of grace. It was excruciating. He couldn't get away from it. His entire body hurt so bad. He said it, he said it literally felt like my bones were hurting. And he said, I couldn't get relief of any kind. And that went on for days until there was a transformation that took place. And all of a sudden, his body renewed itself. You know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, things begin to take place. And people's praying for him. And God was touching him. And, and, and things begin to change. And the pain began to go away. And then movement began to come and then and then restoration began to come amen he was skin and bones when he went down there now he looks as good as me <laughs> Woo! lord forgive me for that false falsehood <laughs> do i look different to you There's an obvious transformation takes place. See what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, Austin went from being robbed and stolen from to receiving and being restored and being built up. Amen. Oh, that's what we need. We've got to have it. I, I am so hungry. I've been, I've been in this church as, men, as much as I can. Before, I can't even stand on the platform. I'm making circles today. There have been day after day after day for a long time now. I've been coming to this church, and I'm, I, walk, I walk up and down in front of this, in front of this platform, and, and I just cry out to God. I say, God, fill this place. Fill this place with people being delivered. Fill this place with people being changed. Fill this place with people that are bound can't get free, but when they come in contact with the great saving power of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden chains start breaking. Feel this place. I'm believing, I'm believing that the, we're going to return to the, the time of, I of, uh, can't remember the guy's name, he was an evangelist, and he had what they called the morning uh, corner because 
people would be under such conviction that they would have them sit in a whole separate section of the meetings because they were under such conviction and couldn't get any relief and they were miserable. And then all of a sudden, they would, they, the power of God would touch them and they, they would begin, begin to be transformed and changed. Amen. I don't want to see, I don't want to see people just make a nod toward God anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. I want, to, I, want it, I want it to be to the point that when sin comes in contact with the holy, that they can't even stand up, have to crawl into the presence of God, begging for mercy. God set me free. God saved me and set me free. I've been praying for people when they walk in this house that are bound. As they walk in the door, chains just start falling off of them. He said, oh, pastor, you're dreaming. I am, and I read it in a book. I'm fantasizing about something that's real. I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've watched it. I watched a video the other day that turned my world upside down, and, 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 and I still almost jump every time I think about it. It's still like, <sighs> I watched, the, some of y'all probably watched it, the little girl that, Somewhere down in South America, her leg was about that much shorter than the other one. Sitting in a chair. They've got her pushed back against the chair. I realize there's people that manipulate that stuff. I mean, you can, you can pull on somebody's leg and pull it out an inch without them realizing it, you know, and all you're doing is shifting their hips. I realize there's all kinds of stuff like that, but this, you couldn't do that with this because this leg was about that much too short. Sitting in that chair, one knee was here and one knee was up here. This leg did not develop. It did not grow properly. And the evangelist is holding on to her legs and praying. And she's just sitting there smiling, looking around. And he's holding on to her feet. And they just keep praying. The body of Christ is praying with him. They're crying out to God. They just, they just keep praising and worshiping God. And you're sitting there watching this. This is, this is on video. And you're sitting there watching this. And all of a sudden, like that, all of a sudden that little girl's leg just come out. Just come out. And she didn't even move. She just sitting there smiling. She didn't even realize anything happened. And they got her up and she was standing there and her hips were level. Her leg, literally, I mean, right before your eyes, in this video, that leg, literally, the bones, the tissue, the muscle, the sinews, the nerve endings, there's so much that had to take place all at one time, and all of a sudden, all of that grew at the same time and came out, and that little girl's leg was completely healed, and they got her up in front of the crowd, and she's standing there, and, and she's still just standing there smiling. She has no idea what just happened. Amen. You say, oh, that ain't God. Well, yeah, it's God. Amen. We, we have such preconceived ideas how things are supposed to happen. All I know is when that leg come out, the preacher just kind of collapsed. Because <laughs> he was even overwhelmed with it. You know what I'm talking about? And I said, oh, God. Oh. Oh, yeah. I know. I know it's real. I know it's real. I know it's true. Hallelujah. I know it's true. 
I, I, I saw white. I saw white eyes one time turn into turn into these bright. Uh, uh, they wasn't brown. They, uh, I don't know what you'd call it. There was this this uh, tan color. All of a sudden, just just this brightness. They were just white, milky, and and this brightness come out. There was God restored. The, these eyes, and it just created right in front of me. You say, Pastor, we, we can't get our hopes up. Oh, why can't we get our hopes up? He is the God of Christ in me, is the hope of glory. Amen. Praise God. I wish this was next Tuesday. Could we just go right into the next service? Christ in me, the anointed one in me, is the earnest anticipation of the manifestation of God's nature and acts. I believe it can happen. Amen. I want to see that. I want to see people healed. Amen. Amen. I've been asking, I've been praying for God to get us, I know God wants to do it. I've been praying, God, help us to understand, help us get to the place where, just, where we can walk in this. I want to be able to get hooked up to 240 and still be able to walk. I want to be able to function in this thing. Amen. I want to be able to just act normal and grab somebody's hand and they start shaking. They just say, eh, good, ain't it? Come on. Because God has, we have been born again. A new birth. Stand with me today if you would. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I'd like to just keep preaching. I've already preached. I've, I've preached 30 minutes already, so I've got to quit. It's all in your perception. To you, it's been an hour and a half. To me, it's been 30 minutes. Awesome. Hallelujah. Recreation. See, when, the pre- when you feel the presence of God. The worship team had a get-together yesterday, invited me and Sister Betty, and we went up there, and we ate a bunch of Cajun food. Holy, holy time. Amen. Some of that stuff's going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yeah. It was amazing. But you know what? They, of course, the worship team, you know what they started doing? They started playing these worship videos. Next thing you know, we're sitting around bawling and squalling, and, and the presence of God just, you know, of course, me, I'm laughing. And just feeling the presence of God. Why? Because that's who we're birthed from. That's home. That's home. God's presence is home. Amen. No, just the presence of God. Just change in our lives. Just, amen. All of a sudden you think, why would I ever want to be out of this? Why would I ever want to be out of this? You don't have to be. Praise God. I don't, if you're as hungry as I am, I just want you to join with me. Let's just call on God today. Amen. Call on God today. I'm so hungry for His presence. I want to I just I feel and sense His presence so much.